Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, August 5th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. Going to be covering practice later this morning, my man. 9.30 a.m. It is open, just like it was yesterday. Um, yesterday, we got Ryan Day after practice. It was great seeing practice yesterday, Jay Book. Um, today, after practice, we're going to get Tony Alford and the running backs. Can't wait for that. Um, this is going to be the J book show. I'm just curious to get like, you know, everything that you took in from yesterday. Like what was, we'll get what your thoughts about Ryan day's press conference after practice in a moment. What was your main takeaway from practice itself yesterday? The first practice. First and foremost, it's almost football season, baby. Hey, getting those reports from you, David and uh, Steve and Pat, man, gets me fired up. So just going through and, uh, take listen to the Coach Day's press conference, and I will say two things for me, Dave, that really stood out is number one, Julian Fleming. Let's go, Julian. Let's go, Julian Fleming, baby. He's the he's the kid that came in highly regarded, number one wide receiver in the country, five star consensus. You know, a lot of people look at him and say, hey, you know, he probably hasn't lived up to the hype. You know, you can look at this the, if you really dig deep and see what the circumstances were. You know, you had COVID, you had the injuries. And to hear that Ryan Day said that he was an iron Buckeye from the offseason because he performed so well in their strength and conditioning program and he's back healthy. That right there was music to my ears, Dave. Like I had to I had to get up out of my seat and give it a round of applause. Like, come on, Julian. Let's go, baby. Like, hey, the time is now for him. I know we always talk about JSN and Marvin and Emeka, uh, but just to hear that Julian Fleming is, you know, one, not not only back healthy, but also leading by example to those younger guys. Because I don't, I don't know if any of the wide receivers really graded out as an Iron Buckeye besides him. I know he. They talked about Emeka. He was a gold. Uh, he graded out as, as a gold standing, but. Just hearing Julian and then C.J. Hicks. I mean, the linebacker has been one of Ohio State's Achilles heels for several years now. And the fact that Ryan Day mentioned C.J. Hicks as a guy that already looks like he belongs, like he's part of the guys that's been there for years as a true freshman. That right there really got me fired up. And I think Hicks has the opportunity to really, you know, try to crack that lineup. You know, you've seen it, Dave. You've been on the beat for several years. When they start really talking freshmen, the actual coaches, and they usually shy away from hyping up some type of freshmen. But when they start really talking about the freshmen, that's when you know you really got a ball player. Same thing with Kai Stokes because Ryan Day mentioned him and said he's going to play a lot this year. No doubt about it. I love Kai Stokes. And C.J. Hicks, I don't know how much he's going to play this year, like as far as like frontline role. But I think he's a future superstar, and maybe he will play a lot this year. We'll see. Maybe he can play like a Raekwon McMillan role where he's not a starter, but, you know, plays a lot. We'll see. I love C.J. Hicks, though. 
All right, let's get into this. So Ryan Day, so I mean, it was as always. He's he's fantastic. I just love every time we get a chance to speak with with Coach Day. Um, anything that surprised you? Anything that like really piqued your interest from Coach Day's uh, over thirty minute interview with us after practice? I mean, besides the obvious with Jay Siebert moving over to corner, <laughs> I mean, I don't that, even that's care like, about that. like everybody's talking about that. I don't even care. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But I was just going to say, besides that being hilarious, I mean, that's just that's just a body that's going to be out there for scout right. team. But I thought I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, but, you know, what what really surprised me uh, just talking about Stroud when when Ryan Day was asked about what were some of the things that he really likes about C.J. Stroud going into the season. And he talked about his vision. And what he means by that is C.J. Stroud is not at the point in his career where the game is slowing down, Dave. And when you have a guy who put up ungodly numbers last year, just kind of thrown into the fire as a first-year starter, now you're talking about he's seeing the whole field. He knows how to get the offense out of bad plays. He, he knows where to go with the football. His study habits have what they talked about in the offseason. His study habits and his leadership off the field has increased tremendously. Now you're talking about a guy with an NFL arm, an NFL pedigree, where the game is slowing down. I think, you know, I think he has the opportunity to write all the records in Ohio State's quarterback book here. Um, so when you hear Ryan Day talk about, you know, he he's in that mode right now to where, you know, he knows where he needs to go with the football. He knows what he's looking at coverage wise. I love what I'm hearing. Um, and then just talking about the offensive line. That was that was one of the biggest storylines going into this season. You know, it, as much as a lot of people like to bang on Grits to Drodra uh, as far as the, the projects and the misses that he had. And we talked about it on Spaces Day. The offensive line, they have some guys that's going to be able to play some football. And that was the biggest question mark. There were a lot of guys that they accepted scholarship commitments from that a lot of people questioned, are they Ohio State material or not? And you're starting to see some of those guys that were considered projects starting to move into that second team offensive line. They're one play away from potentially being starters. And I know we like to see you know, Justin Fry, Lando's top tier out of state five star, you know, tackles and guards and stuff. But one thing that a lot of fans have to keep in mind, they're going to have about, you know, 15, 16 scholarship offense alignment after this next cycle. He's yes, going to have. Right now, yeah. Yeah. He's going to have a loaded offensive line room. It's just going to be can he get the most out of those guys? And that's what we're banking on right now with Justin Fry is the offensive line and some of those guys that previously were considered uh, a project or maybe misses now starting to kind of elevate their games, starting to get a little bit more mature in the weight room and building that that depth. Great segue, my friend. Let's talk about <laughs> the depth on the offensive line. Look at this. So, like, you know, like when um, like Ryan Day saying the biggest concern on the team, he didn't say it yesterday, but, like, Leaving spring, he said the biggest concern on the team was depth on the offensive line. And I'm out there yesterday, and I'm like, you got big Zen Mahalski as a redshirt freshman coming on at left tackle. This is a second-team offensive line. Zen Mahalski, Enoch Vamahi at left guard. You got Jacob James at center. You got Trey LaRue, right guard. And then you got Josh Fryer at right tackle. 
I mean, if that is your problem, and by the way, Trey LaRue is probably the 10th guy out of out of the 2D. Um, listen, I mean, I've seen a lot of like second team O lines at Ohio State that are a lot worse than that. I actually like this second team offensive line. Zen Mahalski's really come on. Josh Fryer is the best backup offensive lineman on the team. He's now healthy. Jay Book, your thoughts on the uh, second team O line and the starters and just your thoughts overall on this O line? I will say this, Dave. I feel much better about the offensive line going into the season. That was that was one of my worries. I feel really good about the starting O line. I think the starting offensive line has the potential to be, uh, you know, uh, all all Big Ten type of guys. You know, pretty much across the board, even if it's you know second or third team, especially because you have true guards in there instead of the four offensive tackles. But these guys that are coming up. You know, prior is huge. I cannot state how how big it is for this this team to have Josh Fryer back healthy. He brings that element that element of toughness and nastiness to the table, and just getting him back to be able to lead, to be the leader of that second team offensive line is critical. I can't wait to hear some of the reports once the pads start popping and the scrimmages start going on. That's when you're really going to start hearing the reports about you know how did those guys go because. They're going to go against arguably one of the deepest defensive line rooms in all of college football. You know, somebody, some people are going to point to Georgia. Some people are going to point to Alabama and rightfully so those, those teams have recruited extremely well, but you and I've talked about it, Dave, this defensive line that they're going to be going against in practice, they won't face another defensive line unit as good as what they're going to face in practice all season long until they potentially make the playoffs. That's exactly right. All right, let's get to this. Curious to get your take on this. So I don't remember as many true freshmen playing meaningful roles at Ohio State as we saw last year. That's not going to happen yeah. this year. But there, there's no. gonna be, you mentioned Kai Stokes. There's some other guys that are going to need to play for the Buckeyes that are true freshmen this year. You know, Caden Curry, maybe maybe Tegra Chabola can, you know, ch- challenge for a spot in the two deep. I, I don't think he's really going to play much as a true freshman. Obviously, C.J. Hicks. Sonny Styles, get into some guys that you think might be able to help this team as a true freshman this year. Again, not as a starter necessarily, but maybe be on the two deep at least and help this team. Yeah, I mean, I would say the first one is definitely going to be Kai Stokes. When Ryan Day mentions him in his very first opening press conference, that right there tells you that that kid's going to play. We saw what we we got out of him during the spring, so he's a kid that's going to play right away. The second guy that I would say is Caden Curry. I think Caden Curry has an opportunity to get into that second rotation with the defensive line there. He is he is a war daddy. He's one of those guys that are going to go out there and bring that toughness. He has an unrelenting motor, and I think he's going to push a lot of those uh, upperclassmen that's been in the program, like a, a Tyler Friday, like a Javante Jean-Baptiste. Uh, I think he's going to really push those guys to try to get into that next rotation and then obviously CJ Hicks. We don't know how much CJ is going to play. There's no way CJ redshirts. If anything, he's going to cut his teeth on special teams. But if CJ is what they're saying he is, if he's making the most out of his reps, I can see a situation midseason if the linebackers aren't playing at a, an elite level where Ryan Day is putting the signal out, hey, he wants a top 10 defense. So in order to have a top 10 defense, you're going to need your linebackers playing at an extremely high level. 
if those guys aren't playing at a high level, I can see a guy like C.J. Hicks getting his swing at the bat to see what he does. Other than that, Dave, I mean, if you go down the list of some of the guys, maybe a Sonny Styles gets in there. Uh, Jair in his- Brown. I've heard Jair, Jair Brown. Brown it, I, now, now, to be clear, like the top four corners are set, but they only have six scholarship corners, which right. is one of the reasons they have a kicker playing play corner in, uh, you know, in Jake Seibert. I guess, do we have to yeah. say now they have six and a half scholarship corners because um, Jake Seibert's on scholarship? But seriously, like, I was asking Jackson Smith and Jigba and Ronnie Hickman at Big Ten Media Days, like, you know, of the freshmen, you know, nothing against Ryan Turner, but, like, you know, who's, like, a young corner that didn't play last year? And they obviously talked about Jordan Hancock, um, who played a little bit, J.K. Johnson, obviously. So they they know who the top four corners are. We got, the you know, the two starters coming back, Cam Brown, Denzel Burke. Jordan Hancock is basically, like, almost like a third starter now, like the way he's playing. Yeah. Uh, they love J.K. Johnson. But what I was told was – if they need a fifth corner, it's going to be Jair Brown. That's another true freshman that could get in there. So we'll see what happens. Uh, go ahead. I'll, 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 I'll give you one more. And you talked about him uh, yesterday on Spaces. Hero Canoe. Hero Canoe. Yeah. Floppy I mean, Belly. Floppy yeah, he belly. came – Bobby Belly. He, he's yeah. a big boy out there. Like you said, got the belly out, ro- ready yeah. to roll. And here's the thing, Dave. Him and Ty Lee, we don't have too many of those big 300-plus guys right. that, that are space eaters. So I think there is a role for a hero canoe type of guy that can come in there and give some meaningful reps. You know, and, and we've seen it before. Larry Johnson's known for at least throwing some of those younger guys in there, maybe five, six, seven reps just to give some of those upperclassmen a blow. But hero canoe with his body size, which makes him kind of college-ready, Right now, I think he has an opportunity to see the field. So just t- just tallying those guys up, you're probably, you know, to go back to your original question, you're probably looking at about maybe five, maybe six true freshmen who have the opportunity. But other than that, because his team is so deep, which it has to make you as a Jose fan extremely happy to know you don't have to rely on freshmen. This is a trip. This is a championship roster who has the potential to go all the way, and you don't want to have to rely on freshmen. You're going to utilize some of those guys who are good enough to provide solid depth. Let's talk some recruiting. All right, so Jaden Bonsu, I'm telling you, when uh, you get a crystal ball from the dean, Bill Curlick, the Fong, Steve Wilt Fong, you can almost lock it in. Jaden Bonsu from Jersey, same high school as – uh, Cody Simon, I believe, uh, St. Peter's um, four-star uh, safety in the 2023 class has been crystal ball to the Buckeyes. Great news. Your thoughts on that, Mr. Booker? We needed some good news on the defensive side of the ball, Dave. I mean, the month of June, or I'm sorry, the month of July ended in June was just absolutely brutal. So to get a guy in Jaden Bonsu, who I think will be uh, your in-the-box type of safety there, at one point, it looked like he was headed towards Miami. It looked like it was all said and done because there was a lot of speculation that Bonsu wanted to see what happened with Caleb Downs. Once Caleb Downs chose Alabama, that opened the door back up for Ohio State. And you have to give Ohio State staff a lot of credit here, even though a lot of people at the time thought that Downs may have been headed towards Columbus. They kept that open line of communication up with Bonsu to say, hey, Come on in. We want you now. You you're going to potentially have three safeties in the class with him, you know, Hawkins and um, 
and the kid from uh, Cincinnati, Malik Harford. So I like the DB class that they're bringing in. Yes, it was a letdown to, to miss on downs, but getting the guy in Bonsu, I think has a lot of upside. He was almost, you know, signed, sealed, and delivered to Miami. A lot of people thought that he was getting a pretty big NIL package to go down south. But with Ahase coming in here, keeping that relationship strong, keeping the lines of communication open, it looks like it's going to pay off here. Uh, I think he's I think he's set to commit in this month in August towards the end. So good news on the defensive side because they really, they really needed some positive news. And, and I will say this, Dave. When it comes to recruiting, how big will that Notre Dame game be when it comes to them? Basically, Ryan Day and the staff, they're pushing all the chips in when it comes to recruiting because you saw a lot of teams towards the end of July, before the quiet period, they had those massive barbecues. They had it down in Alabama. They had it in Miami, Georgia, Texas A&M. Even Michigan had that barbecue. Ohio State decided that we're going to hold off on that because we want to get all of these kids up to the Notre Dame game, prime time at night. They're banking that the atmosphere in the shoe is going to be electric. And they, they think that's going to turn the tide in a lot of the recruiting. So I would say, Hey, let's do it. If, if that's what they want to do. And I, I truly believe that Ohio state is going to go out and put on the show that first game against Notre Dame in front of a lot of recruits nationally. Great stuff, as always, from Jonah Booker. Really appreciate appreciate your insights, Jay Book. Thank you to all of our listeners and viewers out there. Appreciate you guys very much. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Bye.